following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. From preps to pros and everything in between, it's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Live from the Lee Company Studio. With the Hall of Famer, Mo Patton, here's Chris Yadd. Welcome in, folks, to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. J.P. Plant down there on the bottom. And Mo Patton, I'm Chris Yow. Glad to have you guys with us here as we are already at hump day, Mo. Just trying to get over Sally's one hump. If we get to the other side, we'll be in good shape. I'm excited about this week and looking forward to more high school sports and talking all the things around college football, the NFL, college hoops, lots going on in in and around the sports world most. So looking forward to it, like I said. But how are you doing today? What's what's uh what's been going on? Doing all right, man. Just um recovering from a late night last night. Or in- early morning this morning you know the it was great to be able to get live coverage from four different high school basketball double headers last night but somebody's got to read all that <laughs> that's yeah that's the tough part matter of fact my my stories didn't post to social media because i had originally had them set to go live at 11:30 and then I set it to go live at like 12 midnight because I wasn't sure when you were going to get a chance to read it, but I didn't change the notifier, which meant it didn't go out because the stories weren't up yet. Oops. Yeah. So <laughs> I, had to, I had to get that, uh, had to make sure that that was taken care of this morning. But if you check MainStreetMurray.com and MainStreetPreps.com, there's plenty of coverage from local high school sports last night. We'll talk about that. Later in the show, we've got some college football to talk about because the playoff committee did meet, uh, as we mentioned briefly yesterday, and just got some questions about that. It just some things just don't really add up. So I'm curious to get your guys' thoughts on that as well. Obviously, the Tennessee Titans are off this week, but we want to talk about them as much as we can, and you know they they have a lot to to prepare for, but also. They get some rest, so looking forward to that. A lot of college basketball last night, Mo. A lot of it, especially uh, in the SEC. So we'll get to all of that in this show. And, of course, it's Wild and Wacky Wednesday. Can't forget that. Wild and Wacky Wednesday, the weirdest and wildest news from across the world. So, yeah. I'll tell you, I walked. I actually got a text last night from Sarah uh, on my way home. She says, I hear, I smell something burning. She was like, I just got out of the shower. I'm blow-dried my hair. Maybe it's my hair. Maybe it's my towel, but I just smell something burning. And I'm like, I, I don't know. Check it out. I so can't she help goes, you. I'm not there. <laughs> she looks around the entire house, comes to the sunroom, can't find anything that may be giving her that smell until it hits her that it's not burning. It's a skunk. So, we, 
Yeah. <laughs> the skunk smell in here right now is is stronger than I would like it to be. Oh, if it's strong at all, it's stronger <laughs> than you would like it to be. This is the time where the 30% smell from COVID mm. is a positive. <laughs> so mm-hmm. there's that mm-hmm. my, my landlord has been has been patching up holes in the lattice under the deck because there's we have a groundhog that likes to get up under there so we think that what happened was the groundhog was under there the skunk goes under there groundhog scares the skunk and pff, here we are there we are. <laughs> so yeah. it appears that that's or at least that's the most likely scenario that i have come up with but uh yeah it's not great in here but we'll take it we'll deal with it and uh you know, the the landscapers are out. I actually have grass now instead of just leaves, so that's nice. And it's been a heck of a day, heck of a day. But I digress. We move on. Let's talk sports. Before we do that, though, Mo, we got to tell them about what happened last night. And I'd give you a schedule for tonight, but there isn't one. So we'll just give you last night's results on today's rundown. This is the rundown. Oh, it's to me. Um, okay. It's not so. your fault. We, we asked JP to, to run the Monday Rundown sponsor today, but it's okay. We'll get to it later. Okay. All right. In girls' <laughs> high school basketball on Tuesday night, Zion Christian with a 36-17 win over Ekathos Classical. It was Paige defeating host Lawrence County 55-46. Top-ranked Paige in Class 3A, by the way. Also in, the, in District 8 AAA, it was Tullahoma defeating Host Spring Hill 53-40. Collinwood with a 53-28 win over Richland. And 7th-ranked Wayne County with a 71-34 win over Cullioca. In overtime last night, a little bit of a shocker here, Mo, as Santa Fe gets a 51-48 win over Hampshire. Mount Pleasant downs Lewis County 51-31. Number one ranked Loretto 67. Number four, Summertown 49. Columbia Central <laughs> in a romp 59-8 over Overton. I keep saying over Overton. Got it. I, I tried to fix that last night three or four times. Couldn't figure it out. Uh, Brentwood down to Summit 63-49. And Columbia Academy 59-54 winner. Comeback win over Battleground Academy. That Santa Fe win, by the way, was over number 10, Hampshire, in overtime. Uh, in boys' action last night, it was Zion Christian defeating Agathos Classical 63-45. Page with a, 50, uh, with a 60-47 to win over ninth-ranked Lawrence County. Tullahoma defeats Host Spring Hill 65-46. It was Richland 66, Collinwood 36, and Cullioca edged Wayne County 49-48. Santa Fe and the boys' action got the win as well over Hampshire, 80-38. to It was Lewis County, 59, Mount Pleasant, 44, Summertown, 50, Loretto, 48. We'll talk more about that with J.P. later. Columbia Central held on over against Overton last night, 59-55. Brentwood down Summit, 62-34, and Columbia Academy, a big win over Battleground Academy, 86-46. to In the NHL, the Predators continue to roll, returning home and picking up a 5-4 overtime victory over the Avalanche. In the NBA, the Grizzlies continue to roll with a 116-108 win over the Warriors. NCAA men's basketball action. Tennessee defeats South Carolina 66-46. It was Kentucky 78, Vanderbilt 66. 
number four, Auburn, 81, number 24, Alabama, 77, and Jacksonville State. Stay cocky, y'all. Hmm. Bounces back for an 88-83 win over Lipscomb. The Gamecocks had trailed in that one by 20. Very happy Chris Yow. Yes. One. That's going to do it for today's rundown. Yeah, JSU. Uh, Lipscomb went on a 22-2 run and prompting me to almost quote tweet and just say LOL because I think it was like 48-34 at the half. JSU had cut it to like seven, and then Lipscomb went on another run. And then next thing you know, Lipscomb's up 20 in the second half before JSU just rallies back. So Ray yeah. Harper and the boys. I know, I know. It makes you angry. It's only where it some reason I say it. He does. <laughs> yeah, that that makes all sorts of sense. <laughs> oh man! Just after we got off the air yesterday, <laughs> Mo. Number. Isn't it funny how that works? Yeah. Uh, number seven, the seventh mm. NFL coach to make their way to the unemployment line. And the Joe most Judge. deserving probably of the bunch. Right. Uh, Joe Judge fired by the New York Giants. But here's the here's the part that ties this into us is it opens up about six positions. Jeremy Pruitt, Derek Tooley, uh, there are a couple others that that we have seen in the Southeastern Conference over the years. Um, are now also once again unemployed. I mean, there's a response there. I don't know what it is, but there is an article up on the athletic. Um, the headline is Giants owner John Mara most embarrassed he's felt since being associated with the franchise. Now, yeah, because I don't know how long he's been associated with the franchise, but, um, this is their third two-year coach in a row. Um, Pat Shermer and Ben McAdoo only lasted two years prior to Judge. And, you know, the thing is, I don't think anybody expected Judge to work out from the moment he was hired. Well, I, I said they would have been more – they would have at least been entertaining if they had Mike Judge, who is <laughs> – the creator of King of the <laughs> Hill, King of the Hill, Beavis and Butthead, all that guy couldn't have so, been any worse. <laughs> and then my my fun my my uh, my buddy uh, Coach Ron Seleski said, "I would have taken Judge Judy." <laughs> so you know, Aaron Judge. I mean, <laughs> literally any judge other than Joe. Even Judge Steve Harvey at this point. <laughs> All the dudes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because uh, uh... we don't have gavels. <laughs> anyway. Uh, you know, it just... Again, I, I just don't understand spot. what took him so long. I, I don't know if... I don't know if the public humiliation is what ultimately led to the firing? I mean, maybe. I, 
I think it was Sally Jenkins of the Washington Post that wrote a scathing column about him. Um, Ryan Clark with ESPN had a scathing soliloquy um, on video. I mean, it's just, I think it was the, he just seemed so self-involved throughout this process. And the worst things got, it was like the worst he got. Yeah. It kind of snowballed on him, right? Like he, he never, he never found any footing. Uh, you know, you have Saquon Barkley in the backfield and you can't make that guy work. Come on. I I, I understand there, there are a lot of things that go into it, right? We get that, but it just doesn't make any sense to me how how you can have a running back in the National Football League as good as Saquon Barkley, and you just don't use him. But we've seen it here in Nashville. I mean, the, the facts are that Derrick Henry was underutilized before Mike Vrabel came here. Yeah, I mean, the personnel issues, the personnel decisions, the the – back-to-back quarterback sneaks inside their own 10 this past weekend. I mean, just different stuff like that that just brought on um, all of the criticism. And, again, just the lack of self-awareness on top of it is just bizarre to watch. Um, Mara, Mara made the comment, in announcing the dismissal, I said before the season started that I wanted to feel good about the direction we were headed when we played our last game of the season. Unfortunately, I cannot make that statement, which is why we have made this decision. And again, my question is, you know, I don't know what happened from Monday to Tuesday. What took you so long? Yeah. I mean, did he want the, did, did he want this, you know, did, did he want this particular news cycle to himself Typically, that's not what you want. I mean, you want to just get it off with everybody else so that you're in a group. And the thing about it is, I think when you don't do it that way, there's another day that everybody's like, all these guys got fired and this one didn't? What's up? What what are you doing? Maybe he was just waiting on somebody to get fired that he wanted to hire. Hmm. I don't know. (laughs) Your guess is good as mine, Mo. Yeah. Uh, let's talk some high school hoops on the other side. We'll bring in JP to talk Summertown Loretto, and we'll talk about some of the other games that happened around the area. So stick around. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day returns after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Festop Markets is a full-service, family-owned convenience store chain located in 14 locations throughout Middle and West Tennessee. For those in our listing area, you can find them in Columbia, Centerville, Lawrenceburg, Spring Hill, Dixon, and White Bluff. Fast Stop partners with wholesale fuel brands like Shell, Marathon, and Exxon, delivering a consistent customer experience that is fast, friendly, and clean. If it's not already, it will soon become your go-to store to shop in town or on the road. Fast Stop Markets is proud to be keeping you moving in Tennessee. 
Keep your home as comfortable as possible. If you have any issues with your air conditioner, electrical, or plumbing systems, call Lee Company. Our techs use visual findings and other technology tools to add transparency and clarity. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on the roof. We're here 24-7, so if you need us, call us. Lee Company, call 931-548-4448 today or schedule your appointment at LeeCompany.com. That's LeeCompany.com. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Local sports talk you'll only find here. It's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Live from the Lee Company Studio with the Hall of Famer Mo Patton, here's Chris Yow. Welcome back in on this Wednesday edition, Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. It's a... It's been a tough week for some Middle Tennessee high school basketball teams, but none tougher, Mo, than up in Gallatin as... Head coach, head girls basketball coach Jerry Landers passed away, and that's uh, it's never easy when a coach of his stature passes away, but especially when he's you know still coaching. Yeah, um, I I was not, am not real, real familiar with Coach Landers, but. Clearly, in the in the four years that he was at Gallatin, he he made quite an impact up there, and um, obviously his his sudden passing was was pretty stunning for a lot of folks, and you, and you just hate to hear about something like that. And like you said, particularly still on the sideline, it's it's especially um, jarring, I would think. So. There is a fantastic story by our friend and colleague Zach Womble on MainStreetPreps.com. Uh, but Gallatin, I, th- I guess they played last night against, was it Lebanon? I believe so. I believe they played Lebanon last night and uh, in their first game back since uh, Coach Landers passing on Sunday. So... Yeah, you know, and, and I guess kind of building off of that, that's one of the big reasons that I went to Central Overton last night was because, you know, a tragedy had turned into a positive in that uh, Amari Franklin, who suffered a trachea injury earlier this season during a practice uh, 
you know, he, he was actually in the gym last night. He, he was in attendance for their last game as well, but had not been back to the home lines den uh, since the injury and made his return last night to the home court. And folks were really, um, really receptive of him. Very, you know, excited to see him in the, in the gym. I, I liked how they put the scoreboard had all threes on it because that's his Jersey number. And all the, the team wore shirts that said hashtag Amari strong with the number three on it. It's just really cool uh, to see, you know, obviously so many people in the Columbia community who rallied around that young man. And he seems to be in good spirits and did, did he recently did he re- recently commit or receive an offer from? I've not remember, confirmed East it. Tennessee, right? No, it's Welch College, which I think is in Nashville. I think it's Point okay. Free Will Baptist College. I've not confirmed it. Um, I've I've been told that on a couple of occasions, but obviously I've not had an opportunity to um, speak with Omari or with his mother on that. So I'm, I'm not real sure, but that has been, that statement has been made that he has committed to, to play collegiately at Welch. So. Sure. Well, again, you know, he, uh, he was in, in the gym last night, Columbia Academy gets a 59 55 win. Uh, Jordan Brooks did not play was not, on the floor uh, for Columbia Central, but wait a minute, who? Uh, not Jordan Brooks. Jordan Davis. Oh, really? Right? Yeah, he did yeah. not play. I don't know why I was. Who is Jordan Brooks? Anyway, uh, <laughs> Jordan Davis did not play, but uh, Columbia was able to get the fifty-nine fifty-five win. Kind of holding off. We had a. Had a technical foul at the end of the third quarter against a, an Overton player, and that helped Central get to an eight-point lead going to the fourth quarter, and they needed it because, again, just four points separated the two at the end of the game. So really good basketball game, much better than the girls, which ended 59-8, to eight, and it was at one time 58-2. to two. So there's that. Um, but, yeah. Good job by Q Martin and others last night for Columbia Central. Yeah, this team, um, they begin District 12, 4A, District 12, AAAA, however you're going to refer to it, play um, Friday night when they go up to Ravenwood, and that should be a good one. I'm telling you, um, I think these five teams in this district, Ravenwood, Nolansville, Columbia Independence and Summit are pretty evenly matched, which means every night out is going to be worth watching. And I'm really kind of looking forward to this. So. No question. Um, speaking of technical fouls, Mo, I got to ask. <laughs> nice segue there. <laughs> eight, eight varsity quarters played last night and seven technical fouls assessed. How how does that even happen? Seven technical fouls, six called by the same guy. That sounds about right. 
That's almost that's the same guy called the first five. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I that's honestly, when you put him on the other side of the court. I'm honestly not sure. Well, he he was calling them on players. He was calling them on coaches. I mean, he <laughs> he wasn't. I mean, I I think the scorers table was really concerned that they were going to get one. I mean, it was um. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't get one, Mo. No, man. I, all I did was laugh. I mean, if he was going to hit me, then then he was going <laughs> to really make himself look stupid. Stupider, excuse me. Um, yeah, it was it was bizarre, man. And <laughs> what's funny is there was a guy sitting up behind me who was a Tullahoma fan, and he he teed a Spring Hill kid, and this guy said, "You're awful." <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. You're awful. And, I mean, it was a T on his opponent, but, I mean, it was. I mean, at that point, you got to, maybe you take a look in the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Look, it, it's kind of like you you tweeted um, lobbying for earplugs. I mean, I don't know what was being said. I don't know that, I don't know how it could be said so quietly that nobody heard it except the officials because neither coach knew what was said when his players were tech were teed. That, so. Well, I, the one we had in, in the, the boys game last night, Hobson just kept asking, what did he say? What did he say? And, and that's fine. Like, I mean, if you heard something and, and or whatever, but I don't think it's, I find it hard to believe that you could find something to give six technical fouls for in one night. I just don't know. And and one of the technicals, supposedly, because, again, most of us didn't hear it, but a Tullahoma kid got, got teed for saying, ball don't lie. Well, it doesn't. It really doesn't. <laughs> so. I actually said that once last night. As a matter of fact, I was I was sitting on press row, you know, behind the scores table, and something happened, and, and I was like, "Oh, that's a, that's a tough call." Next thing you know, Overton's got the ball. It's like ball don't lie. I mean, yeah. it it's just it's it's true. So it's interesting that I'm curious the the one technical he didn't call. What what happened there? Uh, it was something said out in the middle of the okay. floor, I guess. I think there was like a loose ball or a rebound or something, and and they were going Just, back up the floor, and all of a sudden, tweet, boom, you know. Man, that's tough. Tell I mean, was asleep last night, but still. Yeah, interesting. Very interesting officiating. <sighs> I, I'm here for earplugs. And, you know, again, we aren't official bashers. You know, we we both kind of dabble in it a little bit. You I, I more mean, than me. You just but, have to call out, you know, inconsistency and just stuff that doesn't, that doesn't help the game. Right? I mean, yeah. calling seven technical fouls is, that's a sure watch me attitude. And nobody paid to see you. Nobody. Nobody. Guaranteed. So, 
Very few paid, paid to see anybody last night, to be honest. It was pretty sparsely attended. <laughs> a little disappointed for it for a district game, but yeah. Well, that's what happens when districts get all screwy like that. Yeah, but, uh, that's true. Other games from last night, Columbia Academy swept BGA, but the girls had to do it in comeback fashion. Yeah, um, we've got coverage up on the website mainstreetmurray.com from from Landon Seacrest on that on those games. Amaria Gillespie scored fifteen of her twenty five in the first half and um, was really rolling. And apparently, CA kind of had to refocus defensively and get her slowed down a little bit, and got Maddie Lewis going. She finished with a game high twenty eight. So big win for CA. I believe that gives them a sweep over BGA because I think they beat them in Franklin on a um, buzzer beater by Maddie. They did. And then finally, the one we were all waiting for, Loretto Summertown. And the girls' game was anticlimactic, JP. Yeah, it, it, a little bit. Obviously, Carly Weathers took over 33 points. Um you know, probably another Miss Basketball finalist in Double A. She won it last year, of course, in Class A. And but it was it was a very subtle uh, growth in the score. And Summertown cut it, I believe, to eleven in, in the second half, but uh, just couldn't muster enough. And uh, it was um, it was a fairly comfortable win for Loretto, top team, obviously in the state, uh, still undefeated. And she was the only uh, player in double figures for the Lady Mustangs, but you know they've got so many other good uh, good players that that's not always the case, and that's what makes them so so dangerous. Now, Summertown was missing uh, one of their uh, regulars um, last night, and uh, you know could have made some impact, but Loretta was clearly the better team, and uh this is the best i believe that this Loretta Lady Mustangs team has looked in this current run which really includes the last 4 years because it kind of began with Carly Weathers uh when she came up as a freshman so they uh very poised um it's going to be difficult to knock off this team uh as they go through through the year and you know <sighs> It would not shock me if if they could run the table, but um, it's early. Um, new district, obviously, for both of these, and uh, I don't see any other competition, serious competition, at least district-wise, beyond these two, um, as they should be the the you know the torchbearers certainly for their their district now. Yeah, I was a little shocked, um, JP. I know that Emily Brazier did not play when Summertown played in the um, tournament over at Richland over over Christmas, but um, Jeremy Jean had had indicated that he expected her back. Um, not sure she played last week when they played over at Creekwood and lost or not, but um, again, certainly did not play last night, as you mentioned, and and I'm not sure that she makes up 18 points, but I think she does make Summertown a little bit different. So um, interesting to see when she gets back and what her situation is. But, again, this Loretta team, they're rolling. Um, got 11 out of Alley Weathers. There you go. Night. Yes, that's correct. Yes. So, yeah, just got so. another one. Uh, and 
uh, you know, again, it was it was a calm takeover by Carly. At least that was just my take on it. Um, you know, she's she's so poised and in control of her game anyway. So when you watch her out there, she kind of glides and is always in control. Her facial expression never changes. And so when she takes over a game, it feels like it's kind of a quiet takeover. Uh, and that's kind of what happened. She scored the first 11 points for her team in the third quarter, got the lead out to 22. Uh, Summertown did make a run late in the third quarter to kind of uh, get it again to 11, but could not get over that hump. And uh, and they just kind of cruised in control, and it was kind of like a ho-hum. All right, another W. Let's move on. Quiet on, 33 points, yeah. huh? And, and, and kind of Bill Belichick-ish on to the next. I mean, that's 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 kind of the vibe I got from this Loretta Lady Mustangs team. First time I saw them, I said, they're walking through. This is it. They're walking through. I, I, until they get to until they get to Murfreesboro, I'm not sure they'll be touched. Yep, I agree. So, yeah, I don't know what else is out there. <laughs> I, I don't either, but it's going to take Murfreesboro to get to, to show it to me. I'm telling you. So, when we come back, we'll talk college football playoffs and other college football scenarios. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Fast Stop Markets is a full-service, family-owned convenience store chain located in 14 locations throughout Middle and West Tennessee. For those in our listing area, you can find them in Columbia, Centerville, Lawrenceburg, Spring Hill, Dixon, and White Bluff. Fast Stop partners with wholesale fuel brands like Shell, Marathon, and Exxon, delivering a consistent customer experience that is fast, friendly, and clean. If it's not already, it will soon become your go-to store to shop in town or on the road. Fast Stop Markets is proud to be keeping you moving in Tennessee. Keep your home as comfortable as possible. If you have any issues with your air conditioner, electrical, or plumbing systems, call Lee Company. Our techs use visual findings and other technology tools to add transparency and clarity. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on the roof. We're here 24-7, so if you need us, call us. Lee Company, call 931-548-4448 today or schedule your appointment at LeeCompany.com. That's LeeCompany.com. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Sports talk like it used to be. You know, like your crazy uncle used to listen to. Only better. Here's Chris and Mo. Welcome back in. So, we're going to as we continue here on this Wednesday edition. And 
continuing is all we know to do to get over that hump. It is hump day. Wednesday, wild and wacky Wednesday. We give you the weirdest and wildest news from across the world. That's coming up later in hour number two. We've got a lot more to talk about as well. Titans, we've got college hoops. But first, college football. We mentioned this earlier this week, Mo, and the college football playoff committee met and apparently cannot come to any sort of agreement. They are very far apart, apparently, in what what they think they should do. Greg Sankey says, look, the SEC's giving you all a gift by, by, by saying we want more teams. This is a big give for us, he said, because now there's going to be more teams in there that can knock us off, knowing good and darn well that the semifinals very well could have three SEC teams in it <laughs> in any given year. Three? At least. I, I, I mean... I guess the big thing is right now that we know that the Big Ten is insisting on conference champions getting an auto bid. And I think that is kind of that's a that's a big deal for for the Big Ten, but I don't understand why. If we're talking about eight or twelve teams, the Big Ten's champion, or at least a Big Ten team, is going to be in it every year, right? You would think. So why does it matter? I don't know. Why, why do auto bids matter to him? Does he want the auto bid for the Pac-12 so that they can play the Rose Bowl? Like I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely curious. I, I, I don't understand what the Big Ten's play here is. The, the Big <laughs> Ten is going to get in. 99.9% of the time with an 8 or 12 team playoff they're going to have one probably two teams in yeah i mean you would you would think that they're going to get two in particularly in a 12 team but i mean i, I don't i don't know i don't know what their hold up is what their issue is um i'm looking at an article here that's headline, Kevin Warren is CFP expansion's biggest obstacle, but why? And Exactly, but why? Yeah, quickly kind of scrolling through it and trying to see. Here's a subhead. What is the Big Ten's motivation? Apparently, the issue causing Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren to dig his heels into the ground is distribution of automatic berths in an expanded field. Um going back to what you said, rather than taking the top six conference champs, Warren wants a model where all power five league champions are guaranteed a spot with the best group of five champ getting the six. Once again, but <laughs> I'm fine with that. I, I don't, and, I, I really don't understand what everybody else is concerned with. That is. And if Warren was the commissioner of the Pac-12 or ACC, I could understand that perspective, but there's almost no champ. There is almost no chance that a Big Ten champion would not find itself among the top six conference champs. Are they saying that? Because in a 12-team, in a you still only have four buys. 
I, so I don't I don't really understand this at all. Um, <laughs> it's so confusing because the Big Ten is going to get in. Why Why are you so worried about it? Why are you worried? Uh, I mean, based on the June twelfth, based on the June proposal, the Big Ten would have tied the SEC with three teams in the CFP if the twelve team format was in place this season. Michigan would have earned it by with the number two seed. Ohio State ranked seventh would have hosted number ten. Michigan State, hmm. or perhaps looking to avoid a rematch, the committee would swap the Spartans with number 11, Utah, and send them to number six, Notre Dame, instead. Point is, in the scenario, two Big Ten teams would be guaranteed spots in the quarterfinals. And I don't know. Once again, yeah, it doesn't it make no any sense. sense. It doesn't make any sense. So I, unless the Big Ten is just being obstinate for the sake of obstinance, which I, I I I genuinely think this is an alliance play. Because if if Texas A and M doesn't leak that Texas and Oklahoma are coming to the SEC, this deal is done in June. Mm. Done. But everything got thrown out. I mean, they threw they they've basically thrown the baby out with the water at this point. Cause I don't know where they go from here. But once again, I don't understand the Big Ten's insistence, but I also don't understand the other conferences' resistance. Cause they're going to get in anyway. So why are we worried about why are we fighting over this? Right. Right. <laughs> I, it's like ask the Big Ten what they want and then do that. <laughs> because it's not going to matter. Right. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I, you know, I'm reading here. I think it's um, Scott Docterman from The Athletic who, you know, essentially Bob Bowlesby was saying they're not even close. Um the working group of Bowlesby, Greg Sankey, uh, Jack Swarbick, who's the Notre Dame Athletics Director, and Mountain West Commissioner Craig Thompson, they are the ones who wanted to expand to 12. They add an on-round campus first-round match, first matchups and then augment historic bowl games in the quarterfinals. And, you know, it, it just makes sense, right? And then... In July, everything is good to go until until Texas and Oklahoma are coming to the SEC. Yeah, and so now everybody's like, I guess the Big Ten's going. Well, why is the SEC so insistent on this twelve team thing? What what they got the what do they have up their sleeve? That's that's exactly basically this is a trust factor, right? Mm -hmm. Or, Or lack thereof. This is. Well, if the SEC wants it, it must it's be definitely bad. good for the SEC, which is bad for everybody else. You're dang right. <laughs> well, that's not necessarily that's that second true. thing. I mean, it, it, if the SEC wants it, it's going to be good for the SEC. And and I guess in this SEC versus everybody um, culture, SEC good, 
everybody else bad, you know, that that's kind of the way folks are looking at it. Like you said, if it's going to be good for that conference, then no one else can benefit from it, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense, really. The solution, Doctorman says, is so easy it's baffling it hasn't received stronger consideration. <laughs> Allow every Power 5 champion tournament access provided they hit a target ranking of the top 20. So if you go back to 2012, Wisconsin, who won the Big Ten, wasn't ranked. Hmm. So that's where you kind of get into some mm-hmm. weirdness. But 2012 is a whole different world of college football. I mean, so if maybe Pitt had beaten Clemson in 2018 or something, you know, there's no reason for seven and five Pitt to get in. But understandably, you know, if you if you do add that that extra level and layer of you know, they have to be in the ranked in the top 20 or whatever, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then I think that makes it easy. Yeah, and then if they're not, then what do you do? You just take another at-large team? Sure. Okay. Just just another at-large and be done with it. It just that that seems simple to me. I don't understand again, I don't understand the insistence or the resistance. I don't I, it, it just makes sense it's fine whatever let's go with mm-hmm. it so that's and i think 12 is where it's at i don't think eight is even an, an option at this point i don't think so either i think it's i think it's four or 12 and to be honest i don't hate that i would rather it be 12 as you've mentioned so many times i mean it it incentivizes being in the top four right so it which which still lends credibility to the regular season and it matters so many people keep talking about we don't need to expand it because just look at the fcs right north dakota state they've they've won seven national championships in the last eight years or nine years or whatever and or nine out of the last 11 whatever go back and look over the last 25 years there have been I think eight different national champions, seven of them are now in the FBS. The only one that's not North Dakota State. North Dakota State. So all of their competition has moved to the FBS, their their biggest competition, right? James Madison's moving up. But you also can't discount the fact that who did North Dakota State play this year in the, in the championship? Montana State. Montana State was the number eight seed. That matters. Mm-hmm. Expansion is good. Maybe Alabama does win it every year, but they don't play Oklahoma, they don't play Ohio State, Clemson, and Georgia every year for the championship. Well, and by expanding it, you're not going to guarantee that somebody else is going to get there, but you're making it more accessible. And I think that's the key. That's all that matters. More meaningful bowl games kills a lot of birds. Fewer opt-outs. Fewer opt-outs. Kirk, Kirk and Dez are happy now. Well, I happier. Mean, <laughs> yeah, they're still going to be ornery and cranky, I'm sure. Yeah. But just, you know, that's the kind of stuff that – it just makes too much sense, and that's there you why go. it's going to happen. That, bottom line. 
Bottom line. And, and, and that and, you're and applying that, logic to an illogical situation. And that brings me to that second point, as you see on your screen, is college football too regional to succeed nationally anymore? I mean, your big your big schools, your your Texas, your USC, your Notre Dame's, they're gonna they're gonna get it. But I think fourteen of the last eighteen national no, I'm sorry. Sixteen of the last seventeen national champions have come from the South. The only one that hasn't was twenty fourteen Ohio State. Is, is is that a problem? If it is, what do you do about it? Expand the playoffs, right? I mean, it makes it makes the playoffs more accessible to national brands. Brands are, I'm sorry, brands across the nation, not national brands. Mm-hmm. Different, you know, Washington, Oregon, Pitt, whatever. Now they have a chance. Now, what they do with that chance is on them. Sure. I just, I don't understand why, why anyone would be not open to the, the idea of putting more teams in the playoff that could potentially, again, open college football back up to a national audience. Sure. I want to, I want to see the, the Colorado or Wyoming, even if they're, you know, if Wyoming was to go. 12 and 0 one year in the Mountain West. I want to see them. You know, it's it's cool. It's good. If college football is too regional to succeed, the only way to fix it is to open it up. So that's my story, and I'm sticking to it, Mo. There you go. Let's talk Titans on the other side of the break because, well, they ain't got nothing to do this week. <laughs> so we'll talk about what they are going to do. When we come back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, stick around. <laughs> 